What you're seeing here is exactly what you get when you meet me in person. And I get hate comments that I'm body shaming cookies. You were right. <laughs> like I, I was right. <laughs> and we have it on recorded that I was right. <laughs> you were right. You could reinvent yeah. yourself every five years if you wanted to. So I it's, mm -hmm. think it's what's cool about social media in my mind is that you get to see all that more. Whereas prior, we were only able to see what the media was showing us on the news, for example, or on shows. Now with social media, you can see thousands and thousands of examples of, of men, women, older people, younger people changing their paths and finding new, uh, new direction. everyone. We are more than just a mother-daughter duo. We are best friends, business partners, dance partners, and more. Despite living on opposite sides of the country, we talk every single day. And we talk about it all. Work, life, social media, shopping, family, our hopes, our dreams, our goals. Nothing is off the table. And we are inviting you into the chat. Go for it. You took all my I know, lines. I realize that. <laughs> Keep going. Just do the, do the rest. Okay. This is yours truly, a glimpse into what goes on behind the TikToks and inside our conversations together, even the extremely long tangents. When you join the chat, you're not just a listener, you're officially part of the fam. Okay, good. And today, we're really bringing you into the chat. We sure are. Because we're taking, taking lots of questions from all of you wonderful people. Yes, and I want to start it off by saying, first of all, thank you for everyone who has been listening. It has been really exciting to see the comments, the reviews, the messages that I'm getting at home on my texts and my, you know, in my DMs. It's really, really amazing. So thank you for that. And I want to just share a few things that I've gotten personally that I think are relevant to what we've been talking about the past few episodes. So first off, I'll say my friend Diane, when she heard the episode about talking about how I missed things when I was working. And I think it was episode two where I was kind of crying about things I missed when, you know, you guys were growing <laughs> up and I was trying to get home. And she wrote me, I remember making all the birthday cakes for the kids' parties and all of that. And then they begged me, can I have a store-bought cake? So she thought it was really funny that her kids, she was making less effort. And then her kids just wanted the cake from Costco. <laughs> I mean, Costco makes some killer cake, so... I, I, I don't know. <laughs> you can relate to that one. I can, I can relate. You like a good Costco cake. And then, Sometimes a store-bought cake really hits the spot. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I'm surprised you're saying that as a baker who does her own baking, so pretty impressive. All oh, right. Well. So my friend Anna, who I've worked with, she was an editor when I was in, early in my career, and now she travels the world. She's so incredible. She's Australian, plus she has a great accent, so I can picture this with her accent. But she wrote me that she literally remembered so many of the moments and things that I missed because she was with me in an edit room when I was trying to get home. And she had, she said that when she heard me talking about it, she couldn't believe it, and she, she just remembers it all like it was yesterday. She also said I was her favorite boss for the same reasons you mentioned, which is clear communication, <laughs> understanding how all the equipment worked, and also believing in the person that you're working with. So that was really cool. Mm -hmm. Can I share one more? Of course. Okay, let's do it. So <laughs> my, my, my friend Ellen actually said that her, mother, her mother's guilt Actually, I, she thinks that we all have mother's guilt, no matter what we choose to do. And I had a TikTok follower also that wrote, made me a video and said the same thing about how, you know, you think you're doing the right thing when you're a stay-at-home mom. You think you're doing the right thing when you go to work. You're trying to do it. And 
it's really hard to know because the guilt gets you no matter which side of the fence you're on. So my friend Ellen was listening to me and she was like, no, don't cry. You did the right thing. You did good. So it was really nice to hear that positive feedback. And she remembered me talking about my career at her daughter's Girl Scout meeting. So she brought me right back to how even though I was doing all these things, I was still, you know, potentially a role model to her daughter. So it was really those are the messages that make me think we are doing the right thing and we're here for a reason. And I thank, I thank everyone for those, really, truly. <laughs> truly is our word, I think. <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. Do you have any other ones? Um, I'm gonna say, I want to just mention, Olivia, this is slightly um, off topic, but I think it's adorable that my niece, Olivia, who loves to listen to the podcast too, she actually commented that a core memory was unlocked when she remembers that I rem when I mentioned working with famous people in one of the pods. And she remembers when I mentioned working with Rihanna and she found out Anne Helen's working with Rihanna and she was like, core memory unlocked. So I thought that was really very cute. <laughs> and I have uh, friends' daughters, Alyssa uh, specifically, who listens on her drive to work because she gets very anxious when she's driving and she said that our voices relax her and we could probably read her a grocery list and she'd feel calm. <laughs> I, I love that because I sometimes hate the sound of my voice. <laughs> really? I so, love the sound yeah. of your voice. My voice. Remember when I used to be so raspy, like mm. as a little baby, I had like the little raspy toddler voice. You did. I sounded like a chain smoker <laughs> at like four years old. <laughs> we'll have to pull some of those out and play the videos because you did have a very raspy voice. Yeah, now my I'm voice so raspy. sounds raspy today compared to what it, what it usually is. Yours is nice and smooth. <laughs> well, thank you. It. Maybe it's just my calm exterior. Yes. <laughs> Pulling it together. All right. All right. So without further ado, Julie, take us through some questions that were that were shared. Yeah. Let's. Okay. Let's start with. This is a question from our producer Grace. I just feel like it's a great one to get started oh. with. How do we deal with so many people feeling like they know us from our social media presence? And do we ever talk about the bad or weird comments? Okay, you want me this to This one I feel like is more for you because you share you share a lot more than I do. I do. Um, okay, so first off, I often get people in the comments that will say, I feel like I know you. And my response is always, you do know me. Because what you're seeing here is exactly what you get when you meet me in person. So I think that's funny. And I've met a few of the TikTok followers that I've gotten connected with, and I've met them in real life, and they're always like, you're just the same. And I'm like, what are they expecting <laughs> me to be? But I guess there are people that are on social media as one persona, and then in their real life, they maybe are different or more comfortable or something. And I'm kind of the same across the board. So to me, it's like, you do know me, by the way. And then the negativity, <laughs> I always ignore. I am not a fan of listening to the negativity, engaging in the negativity, and even giving it its due. You know, like, I try to just let it go. And sometimes it's hard because it will stay in there and it will fester. But I just try to yeah. not call attention to it because that's inviting in that bad karma. And I'm not about it. I'm just like, no, you're about the Helen karma. <laughs> what are you? What, what about you? You get more negativity Noah's, than me. I know. I post like the most random videos sometimes and I get the most unnecessarily mean comments. And I'm like so confused by it because you post all this stuff all the time, never get a negative comment in the world. I and I post a video about like how to make your cookies look more round yes. when they come out of the oven. And I get hate comments that I'm body shaming cookies. 
That was the most ridiculous thing. And you had a lot of negative comments on that video. So many negative comments. I posted about the rain in LA because we just moved to LA for warmer winters. And I posted a humorous TikTok about how the weather has been like recordly breaking wet and like cold. And just joking like, oh, I moved from Chicago and this is the weather. Like I brought Chicago weather here and people are just like, you're complaining about one day of rain. (laughs) I'm like, this is a joke. I don't know, but a lot of times people just don't get the humor out there, you know, Yeah. or they just don't want to get the humor. They need to take you down. My take on that a a little bit is that your audience is probably very different than mine. I tend to probably attract older people, maybe um, people who are like looking up to a mom figure because I have a lot of Mm -hmm. younger followers, but I don't really, you are attracting more peers. And I think sometimes your peers (laughs) and your age group is much more hard on each other. Then, ruthless. Um, right, they're ruthless. <laughs> it's like, wow, you know? <laughs> Insanity. So, but. I mean, I credit you for not taking it on, and I know a lot of that is me saying, just ignore it, because <laughs> I know you want to, like, go after sometimes your competitive spirit. I'm competitive. I also just, like, will st- I'm, I, I will stand up for myself. Yeah. And, like, I will clap, clap back in a polite way at the haters and add a smiley face and just be like, it's a joke. Smiley face, smiley face, smiley face. <laughs> I know, but you can be so snarky, and sometimes your responses, I'm like, ooh, <laughs> I mean, okay. they're so good. They are good. Um, I think it's interesting that a lot of people feel like they know me from social media. I'll say my perspective really quick, and I try not to think about how many like random people in the world know me, because I feel like that would just freak me out. I more think it's funny how people who follow me, who I'm like loosely connected with, know so much about me. Um, like friends from high school, I was catching up with one the other day and I felt like she knew everything that was going on with me because everything's just posted on, between me and you, everything we're doing is posted. Um, so that is like an interesting dynamic. I post a lot. Steven doesn't post at all, which is fine, but it's funny because like his whole family has like updates on what we're doing because of my content and they're, and it's cute and it's fun and I love, I love posting. So I don't really like try and think about it in a bad way I think it's more like fun that sharing like fun things that I'm doing I think so, that brings us to the next question by the way which is why why does Steven refuse to be in TikToks because oh just, I thought this was going to lead into another question go ahead <laughs> we should tell who the well, questions just, are from go ahead okay well we can go to that one this one is from Steven's friend though okay, okay good enough <laughs> this is from Steven's friend Michael and asking why does Steven refuse to be in TikToks because I don't pressure him to be in the TikToks. He doesn't want to be in social media, and I respect that. And, like, the moments he does want to be in my TikToks, I'm, like, overjoyed. And it's, like, it's more special because the moments he does want to be involved, I, like, cherish them. And then the moments where he doesn't, I, like, respect it. And I know Dad also, similar stance, doesn't partake in social media at all, but, like, in a much more aggressive... It's like when he cut out bread for, like, two years and was like, I'm not eating bread. I'm not eating any carbs. And, like didn't touch a piece of carb for like two years. That's how he's about social media, but like forever. Oh, <laughs> forever. <laughs> oh gosh. I think he just really was like, this is your thing. And he is just letting me be with it. And that's just fine. Yeah. He's like, I don't need to it's fine. muddle in your waters. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I don't know. Oh, Taylor Swift has a great lyric about this. About like, Which is? Uh, oh, I can't remember it, but of course I'm like blanking, but it's like, you know, because everything's so public with her and, like, her relationships. But now her, like, relationship with Joe is, like, very private. And it's, like, just because 
people aren't seeing it doesn't mean there's no like oh, love there. Yes. And so it's like really interesting because it's like the best kept things can be private so Absolutely. like you don't have to put your and that can be seen your... by the people who do share all their relationships on social media and then they end up breaking up and you think this was this perfect... and then you can tell oh my God. the best is like investigating when you think someone has broken up with their significant other on social media and then you start like digging and you're like hmm they haven't posted with them in like right six months like right. what happened here like i haven't seen this person in like 10 years but i'm like invested That's so funny and i think all my friends kind of have that um, little investigator inside of them. I think that women in their 20s would be the best CIA agents because of all the sleuthing we do on social media <laughs> and figuring things out. We would fucking kill it. And like, I don't understand why FBI, CIA doesn't take advantage of this. Like, we're so good at it. It's true. There's a girl that I follow that she can figure out who someone, what someone's birthday is or whatever. Yeah. And she can do it by, and she goes and the, sometimes they don't have profiles. I'm like, this woman, she has yeah. a skill set. They need or, to bring her in. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know what? You know how there's like the financial forensic people who like figure out crimes by like <laughs> looking at bank statements yeah. and like all that stuff and figure out that stuff. You know what? In like 20 years, it's going to be like social media forensic people that like figure out oh, yeah. crime. Well, I mean, people do figure out crimes and stuff on social media so because true. so many people get involved. But like maybe that's going to be a thing one day, like social media forensic people who are like, maybe it already is a maybe thing. Maybe it is already. We don't even know. That's so funny. Anyway, we can move on to the next question. Right, the one I thought we were going to move on to was from... This is a very long username, S Reverend Dwarf. Okay. Um, you're so incredibly brave. Why did you choose to share your journey battling cancer with the world? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I looked at that and I actually was thinking about the last episode where, where I did mention it briefly that when I was recording myself going through the cancer the situation, even before I was posting about it, it was more for me documenting and it was my only way of expression about what I was going through. So I would yeah. take out my phone and record, and half the times never did I think this would see the light of day, but it was more like documenting because that's what I was doing for my social media. I was like, oh, now we're at a recording studio and this is what we're doing today. So, you know, my time was being spent. Now I'm at the doctor and we're kind of figure out what's going on here. So it was just a mm -hmm. continuation of me documenting, but not sure if I was really ever going to post that until, or yeah. at least how much of it was going to get posted because it was more for my own self-therapy. It was like getting me through the yeah. days and it was keeping me tr on track of what did we do yesterday. And I think it really helped me. And then when I decided, well, I have to let my followers know what's going on. I have so many people asking, where am I after two weeks? So when we decided to do it, I was prepared that I was going to open up the door and let people yeah. in. And I'm really glad I did. Mm -hmm. Because I just think so many people didn't know what it's like to have someone going through chemo in their life or, you know, I've never been touched by someone f that I know closely going through it. So I don't even know what it's about. So I feel like I know from the response that I was meant to do it. Yeah, definitely. And I was honestly looking back through my content from the whole chemo cancer journey. And I really didn't post on my, I like realized looking back, like I didn't really like make a ton of content about your cancer journey, even though it deeply affected me. Right. It's almost like I had the opposite thing where it's like, I have to deal with this right. mentally first and then I can like make content about right. it or, you know, me and you finding the humor in right. things and making like really humorous, dark jokes about it. <laughs> which is so <laughs> or, much fun because you are funny and fun. then you have the idea and I'm like, yes, we're doing that. It's so funny. So 
like the only videos I really also posted were like, not to say I'm not showing like the good and the bad. I'm just not very good at like when I'm in a dark moment crying and talking to my camera the way, like, the way I do. <laughs> you feel like it's a coping thing. Um, so I posted more like uplifting e kind mm-hmm. of things. But yeah, I just thought that was like interesting how yeah I didn't really document like no. But I think I do think it's like. My nature is, as a TV director, even I've been doing so many documentary style things where it's storytelling. Mm-hmm. And so even when I was going through it and I said, man, I, I don't know that I want to record this. It was like, but it's the true part of the story. So even yeah. though a lot of times people say, why did you take out your camera when you were that upset? You couldn't have been that upset. Actually, <laughs> I had to at times force myself to document the things that weren't that comfortable because I didn't want to yeah. tell half a story. I didn't want to be lying. Like, it's all good, people. It's all good. It was good most of the time. Yeah. But then it was like, it sucks today. I'm going to tell you the truth. And so I just yeah. wanted to, I had to force myself to do it so that I was telling the whole truth. I didn't want to tell half a story. That's, that's what it was. That's good. Cool. All right. Take us so to another one. That question. Okay. <laughs> I like that you're in charge of the questions today. All right. Next question I will go with is from Foxy on TikTok. And she asked, I think she asked this during a live and I pulled the question because okay. I thought it was a good one. Okay. If, were we always so close as like a mother, daughter? It, what's funny duo. is I should ask you that question because as a mom, I want to believe we always <laughs> were. And I know sometimes... Being, I think you know how I stand on this. I know, but like, I, I don't think, think you need to. Well, I think being a daughter, I know that sometimes you get annoyed at your mom, and it's like my mom's annoying, you know. So I've obviously maybe you wouldn't tell me the times that I wasn't uh, that I was on your nerves or whatever. But I mean, I would say yes for the most part. We've been close always, and I remember one time on a commercial shoot, there was a mom and a daughter, and she was about 13 years old, and we were filming them for some toy product. And the daughter was like 13 and she was sitting on her mom's lap and they were so lovey-dovey. And you at the time were maybe two or three. And I was like, oh my (laughs) God, I pray that my daughter, when she's 13, she'll still want to sit on my lap and be, and that we're so close as you guys are. I remember this moment so specifically because she Mm -hmm. said, it's really what you, what you make of your relationship. And if you stay in the same space you are now, you'll always have the same closeness. And I was like, okay, she's right. And I just think it is it happened like, naturally because took that's some where notes. <laughs> <laughs> Take yeah. some notes. Go ahead. I think we've always been close. I think it's also a result of being the only daughter in the family with two brothers. And like, you know, whenever we'd have girl time it was always just me and you and I think, yeah, so I think we we're always close, and I like that. I kind of joke sometimes. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a bachelorette party one day, and it's just going to be me and mom. Like, <laughs> that's going to be the bachelorette party. Um, that's it. <laughs> but, no. Um, well, fun that I'm going to no. be there, at least. <laughs> <laughs> Even because I know there'll be um, more than just me and you. <laughs> but, yeah, we were always close, and I think you're always, like, the cool mom, and you're always, you know, you, were, you had the cool job, and... You were everyone like, I don't know, I think you and dad are both like cool parents. Like I'm close to both of you. And it's like when like our friends growing up also enjoyed like hanging out with you guys and like talking to you guys. And I feel like it's still like today, like Tommy's friends, when they come over, hang out with you guys just as much as they hang out with like Tommy and everyone so yeah, it's always funny for me because I sometimes I remember, oh, I'm the parent. Like I think that I'm one of them in a weird way, like we'll be Mm -hmm. all hanging out, whatever, at the beach or whatever. And I think 
my perspective is like I'm one of them. And then suddenly I realize, oh, I'm the parent here. You know, I'm the, and it's yeah. weird because I can't process that because I don't see myself that way. I see myself as like somebody they can talk to openly about whatever it is. And I relate. I yeah. also think because I relate to what younger generations are going through. And being on social media obviously is a very big piece of the younger generation. And I am Mm -hmm. so well versed in that, that I feel like it's not like an outsider speaking to them about, oh, that silly TikTok or, you know, I'm, I'm like in it deeper than them, you know? So I think, (laughs) I think that that does help because I've always embraced whatever the technology is moving forward. So, yeah. Okay. I feel like this one is from Michelle Papal Pagli. Oh, yes. Did I say that right? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Papale, and she maybe. asked, Papale Pagli. Papale. does your mother-daughter relationship enhance our working relationship? Seems <laughs> like yes. That's like the question. But I would, I would yeah. say yes. Yeah, I would say <laughs> yes too. I mean, obviously it, it helps because we already know each other. So the, the dynamic is there. We can be straight up honest. If It's a lot easier if like I have an idea and Julie's like, that's a terrible idea. She would probably never say that in a meeting to someone else. She'd be more political about how would she would phrase. I'm still very political and like no, kind no, no, when I'm rejecting you your don't ideas. Have to be, but you don't have to be with me. Do you? you could say. I know, but like. You've said to me, I don't know, that's a terrible idea. And I'm like, you're right, it is. <laughs> but, and I don't mind. I guess. I'd rather... I'm, I'm nice about things. I'm like, we can try it. <laughs> and then I go, I know, it's a terrible idea. <laughs> but you know what? Let's just give you the big props for the good idea. This podcast. Thank you. I mean, really. I know that we've never really said this on a podcast. We talk about it on some of our content, but this was Julie's idea to do this. She tried to convince me to do this, I want to say, starting a year ago. And I just did not see what we were going to add to the podcast world. And I'm so (laughs) happy that I jumped over that that hump and said, all right, let's just try it, Julie. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so happy to be here. And I feel that we are able to talk about relatable topics and we are relating to different t- groups of people out there. And I just can't believe, like, thank you, Julie. That's what You're I have welcome. to say. <laughs> you were right. It's like I, I was right. <laughs> and we have it on recorded that I was right. <laughs> you were right. But so, yeah. This yeah. has been really fun. Let's keep going. I, what else you got? Well, I was going to say, well, I, have, I think uh, one th- note about working together as a mother and daughter relationship. Um, one thing I really appreciate and love is also like the, that creative freedom that you give me because you trust me, but also like being able to talk openly about how I'm feeling like mentally. And so that especially going through this past year and having like a really hard time coping with things and the like wake of everything going on. It's really helpful that you're my boss and I can say like, I'm having a really hard time. Like I need your help to like pick up my slack almost. Or just like Mm -hmm. I'm keeping the ship running, but like I need help. And it's like a lot easier to tell that to you than like a boss who might understand. I've had bosses before who are like, I don't believe in feeling overwhelmed. It's like, right. (laughs) you don't believe in emotions then um so I think that is like really and it's not just because like oh I'm your daughter but it's like I wish more bosses had that like emotional connection to like understand like I know that you're number one I know that you're committed to your job and so I know you're going to get the work done I think what I have 
been like because I was a working mom and sometimes I'd had to get to a thing, but my bosses always knew I was going to get the task done, even if it was at midnight mm-hmm. or two in the morning or whatever. So I have that same respect for you. Like, okay, this is not a good time, but I know you know X, Y, and Z tasks have to get done. You're going to do them. So whenever that needs to happen, I respect that it's going to happen. So I don't yeah. feel I don't feel like well you're not it's not you're not at your desk and it's ten o'clock and it's just I'm not that kind of person because I know the work's going to get done no. whenever it gets done, so I appreciate that and I do trust you for that you're going to get get things done. I also will say oh, thank you. I have not been a person who's had a lot of mental health issues personally until recently, and I'm gonna this isn't a, about that, but I'm going to just mention I'm almost more empathetic to the things that you're feeling at times because now I'm going through them. I was positive and everything's great. Cancer got through it. Oh, yay. And then all of a sudden now I weep at the drop of a hat because I think about, you know, I'm at Tommy's piano recital and I'm bawling, literally could not stop trying uncontrollably Mm -hmm. because I'm looking at him and thinking, my God, I might not have been able to see this or hear this even if I wasn't around. And I just start getting into that state and it's uncontrollable. And sometimes for hours I can't get out of it. And then it's the Mm -hmm. same thing happens with my hair. I look in the mirror and I know everybody's cool. Your hair is cool. And I, since the last episode, (laughs) I've ditched the wigs and I'm like going forward. But I still look in the mirror and I don't see the person that I think I am or the vibe I feel like I'm giving off still. And I know I'm trying so hard and I'm listening to the comments and I'm embracing. Yes, it's cool. It's edgy. I'm listening to you. I get (laughs) it. But I also still don't feel it 100%. And I start crying uncontrollably. So now having these weird breakdowns and moments where I don't understand what's going on, and they make no sense because I shouldn't be crying about my hair. It's going to grow back. But it's just, I, I think now that I've, I'm experiencing it, I can be way more empathetic to what you're going through when you have days like that where feel, you're feeling overwhelmed and you don't know why you're feeling these emotional downtimes. Mm-hmm. So. It sucks. But we are going to do a, an episode about mental health that we, we both agreed we needed to be in the same room for that. Yeah. <laughs> we, do, we definitely do. And it's not but, like we're both like falling apart at the seams, but we there's no. PTSD is real. And even though I've said to my doctor when I talked about it, I was like, I, I don't want to trivialize. Wait, how would I say it? I feel like I'm being trivial that I'm having PTSD when people have much more trauma than me. And so she said, do not belittle your own trauma Mm because you've been through trauma and it's hard for me to accept that because I think oh my gosh people have so much worse why am I getting so upset about this but you know it's real unfortunately (laughs) I'm learning that you can be you can be happy joyful and all of that and you could be upset suddenly at the drop of a hat and that doesn't make me less happy if if that makes any sense well that was a long tangent oh it was a tangent (laughs) We needed that tangent, though, because that was a yeah. tangent that I wish I had addressed on the last episode, but we just kind of ran out of time. But, and plus, I was, I was still wearing my wigs then, so I was still in denial of my moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> I figured we could take a quick break and talk about the creative forecast really fast. Good. Um, right. because, we just, because we work together and we love working together. We just want to remind everybody that we have an amazing newsletter that goes out every Monday and we share trends, original content ideas, tutorials on how to create better social media content. And it's called The Creative Forecast. And it can be found in the link that is included with this podcast in the notes, right? Yeah, it'll be in the show notes. It'll be in the show notes. But it's totally free 
And we would absolutely love if you signed up for it or had any feedback about it. Yeah. It's just something we do every week for work, but it's also really fun. Like, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah, it's actually good research for us, too, because we're creating and we need to keep up with the trends and the music and all of that. So we are, since we're doing the research for ourselves, we are now putting it out and sharing with whoever wants it, needs it, and can can utilize it. Even social media managers and people in the social media world. Yes, I was going to say. The idea came because I worked in the social media world as a content creator, a social media manager, a strategist, pretty much every role you can have under the sun in social media I've had. And this was the resource I wish I always had. So sign up for it. It'll be fun. All right. And yeah. Do it. We can keep keep on going. Um, Monica Garvin. Yeah, let's do Monica Garvin. She leaves us great reviews and we love her. Um, do she always has good questions. And I'm going to just read it. She's, she's from the South a bit. So she has y'all in her question. Did y'all or <laughs> did y'all ever deal with imposter syndrome? If so, how do you deal with it and not let it stunt your creative process? Take it, Jewel. Oh, my goodness. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's really hard to deal with imposter syndrome and feel, especially now working for you, working at the startup together. My title is Chief Operating Officer and Creative Director, and I have a lot of imposter syndrome issues, like owning those titles. Mm -hmm. And Grace has been really helpful in trying to help me get confidence and feeling good about telling people that I am a COO and a creative director. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's really hard because I'm like, I shouldn't be here. Like, I'm not. Uh someone's going to come up and snatch me and be like, nope, like you're not good enough for this. So it's really, really hard to like, it is really hard to deal with. And I try to not let it stunt my creative process because I feel really confident in my creativity. Like of all the things in my life, I'm not very good with confidence sometimes, but like my creativity is like one area of myself where I always have like a hundred percent confidence. Nice. Um, I love that. So, I'm going to say too, you, you know, disadvantage, you're 26 years old. So in fairness to you, life gives you confidence too, just living it. So yeah. as you get older, it comes automatically. So it's a lot easier for somebody who's 62 versus 26 to say, have confidence, you know, believe in yourself. You have to develop that through life lived experiences. Mm-hmm. And so that is going to get better and better because you're already pretty way more confident than I think I was at 26. So go girl. You go, girl. I don't know. I think so. So from my perspective, I'm going to talk about imposter syndrome from two angles. And um, I could talk from multiple angles, but I'm going to pick two. So the first being on TikTok and having 760,000 followers and and quote that gives you, I'm not going to say celebrity status, but people are like, I meet (laughs) with people on Zooms now occasionally and they're like, oh my God, I'm meeting with the famous person. And I am laughing because I'm like, what? <laughs> that is just not. So now I feel like I am an imposter. Like, do they actually think that I am, you know, a famous, like a celebrity? So it's yeah. funny. And so uh, to funny. me, it's more um, amusing. And I enjoy it because I'm like, I'm famous, you know, haha. But I, I know who I am in my soul. And I know that, you know, I'm not a big time celebrity. This is like TikTok. It's a very, you know, TikTok, which at this moment could go away as far as we know, as, as of this moment where there's still, t- you know, there's still debate whether it's going to be around. So I know that it's a, in a large world, it's, it's a smaller thing. And so I have that reality in my head. 
And I think mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still the same person, but I can understand, my gosh, these big celebrities, they, they must get so caught up in it because it's so easy to mm-hmm. get caught up in it. But I have a really strong base, so I don't feel... I never feel worried about that. I'm just like, yes, I am a TikTok famous and I do tutorials. And, you know, I'm also I'm also working and schlepping something to FedEx right now. So (laughs) (laughs) that's the reality. All right. So now but the other way I want to talk about it is being approached by a venture capital team and then participating in an entrepreneur in residence program, being funded for a startup, not knowing anything about that world. I literally felt like an imposter. I'm like, how did I get here? That that was crazy. So. I do think we all can have imposter syndrome no matter what level we're at in our life. Mm-hmm. I could feel the same way as a TV director, you know, comm- directing a commercial for, you know, Con Air or with the NFL or Lumi Deodorant. And I'm just like, how did I get here? <laughs> you know, I just laugh. But I know <laughs> that all of my life's experience got me here. And so you can just yeah. know in your soul that you're building that just by living it. You're building your own real syndrome that's not an imposter just by living what you're living your truth and and doing the job and just putting your your best foot forward i don't know if that's advice or if that's just you know that's just how i deal with it i feel like that leads into the next question for for monica it's directed at you it said helen what was your experience being a woman in such a male-dominated industry and tips you would give your younger helen self trying to make it okay first off in, when I was, when you think about that as a male, male-dominated industry, I almost don't realize that it was. I never really saw, oh, that's a guy. I can't do what he can do, and I never really faced it. I don't think head on. I don't think I was as consciously aware of it. Maybe subconsciously I was, but not outwardly. So mm-hmm. I just continued to be the best at what I was doing, and then be valued for being the best at that. So I did always think, oh, I can't be a director. Most of the directors are men, and that's like a ma- that I thought was yeah. a male-dominated job. But producing, we'll talk about that because I was going to say, like, I mean, production naturally is like very male-dominated. Like, how does it feel going onto set being like, oh my gosh, the female director now? Like, it's so cute. It's it's so cool because there was a PA that came up to me and she said, and she said oh, when you walked in, and I must have been wearing a certain thing, and she said, I was thinking to myself, <laughs> that is a role model walking in. Because I just came in, and I wasn't, I was just one of everyone. I was part of a team. I wasn't trying to be like, I'm the boss, flip the scarf, let's go, we're taking over. Mm-hmm. It was like, hi, everybody, introduce myself to everybody, make sure that we knew we were all working together. It wasn't like somebody was taking over and going to negate everyone else's decisions. So I think that I, I think that I just approached it in my own style, not a male or female style, just my own style. I mean, I was going to say almost to a point, like you used your feminine strength of like building community and making oh. people feel really comforted to like succeed, I feel like, you know? That's great insight. Like in a weird way. It's not like, oh, only women can like foster great relationships. Like that's, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like, you know, women gather <laughs> and like talk. And I mean, I waited two hours in line at a sample sale last week uh-huh. and made friends with everybody in line. And we all chatted for two hours. Didn't feel like two hours, but it's almost like that aspect of like women's inherent need and like strength of building community is like what you used, I feel like, to your advantage of like making everyone on set feel really comfortable and involved and like, uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, being a leader know. doesn't have to mean being a boss. I, I just feel yeah. like, and as much as I, I love the word boss, be a boss, babe, and it's fun and everything, but to me, boss I almost don't. sounds <laughs> negative, right? To me, like yeah. being a leader is somebody who's like willing to work and foster collaboration and foster like a community, but being able to lead that community. And I think that goes into, we're going to talk about that in the next episode, actually, when we talk about, you know, traditions and, or one of the episodes. But I do think that my nature of building and bringing people together is something that has helped me dominate in a, you know, male dominated world, if you will, because I, as a director, yeah. I think people look to, for someone that collaborates and doesn't just boss everyone out, around and tell them that this is, it's my way or the highway. So let, let's also address this this um, idea of me not even realizing it was a male-dominated industry because I don't really take free p- people for like, oh, you're a guy, you're a girl, you know, we got to count heads, we got to know how many, what's the balance. I don't even think about it. If I walk into a room and there's seven guys in there, I don't even think I'd realize, oh, it's me against the guys. I would never even think that. It would just be like, yeah. okay, you're the art director. You're, just I would more look at them for what their roles are, what their expertise is. Mm-hmm. And I do think that yeah. might be generational. And it's funny to me because I think I'm from a generation that might have looked at that more that way, but my nature yeah. is not that way. I look at more yeah. the the skill set versus male, female, or otherwise. All right, so Julie, one more from Monica. How was it graduating and working random odd jobs while so many people around you were working in more traditional roles with stable incomes? Do you do you have a hard time comparing yourself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the simple and short answer is yes. It was like very difficult when I graduated and I moved to Chicago and all my friends were working in tech jobs, were working in consulting and, you know, they had nine to fives. They had really good incomes. And here I was, you know, when I first moved to Chicago, I walked dogs mm. and I freelanced on the side. And then I got a job at the Allbirds store working retail and then, you know, still freelancing, doing random odd jobs, and even doing that through college, it was really hard because I just felt like, especially as like a new postgrad living in a big city, all my friends are like so excited to have like income and money. And I was just like, well, I don't know if I want to go out and spend like $13 on a cocktail. <laughs> like that's an hour of working at the Albert store and dealing with customers. And I don't like working in retail. So it was it was really hard to to not compare myself when everyone around me was seemingly like swimming in, in, in money and stability. And I was, I felt like I was almost like flailing and like, am I, what am I doing? Like moments of like, mm-hmm. am I doing something wrong is like kind of one of the biggest things I had in my head. I was like, mm-hmm. should I like, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Like that. I don't want, you know, that. Cause I didn't want the reason I, did all the odd jobs and freelance was I didn't really know where I saw myself in the creative world. If I, you know, I went to school to be a graphic designer and photographer, but I wasn't really like, I didn't want to just, you know, I worked at the athletic department at Michigan. I didn't want to work at a company and use the same three colors, do the same thing day in and day out. Like I didn't just want to make web banners <laughs> and right. that really freaked me out. Like not having that range so it was really hard, but I, well, think, I think all those experiences like led up to me finding like my path in like social media, I guess. I think one thing that you can think about now is there's so many people, not just women, 
there's a lot of people out there that are reinventing themselves in different decades again and again mm-hmm. and again. And it's so funny that you can now have that as an example to see like, all right, this is just uh, this is just my first decade, like my 20s. You know, you're not even you could reinvent yeah. yourself every five years if you wanted to. So I mm-hmm. it's, think it's what's cool about social media in my mind is that you get to see all that more, whereas prior, we were only able to see what the media was showing us on the news, for example, or on shows. Now with social media, you can see thousands and thousands of examples of of men, women, older people, younger people changing their paths and finding new new direction. It's funny because think about me at 62 years old. Like, I don't know. I'm now teaching social media content creation. I never thought that was on the table. That was crazy to think about. So I think you have there's so much time and I think that you have to allow yourself that. And it's hard to see that when you're right here and now and you're looking at your peers and you're only comparing yourself to your peers. So, I mean, hopefully with every passing year, you'll realize that you can change what you're doing (laughs) and do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Okay. Let's end on one last question. Do you want to pick out the question or do you want me to pick it out? You can pick it out. Okay. Okay. Who are some people that inspire us? Did you not want me to take that one? I knew you were going to pick that one. Uh, uh, That one's from Teen. I'll go with it. I like it. I mean, I like it. I just always find a struggle because I'm inspired by so many people every single day. I mean, it's continuous. The the inspiration that you find on social media and you find even on the news when I watch Changemakers with Tamsin Fidel, you know, she, you know, brings people (laughs) on that are doing amazing things. So I feel like we are, we could be inspired every day if we open our eyes and listen and it's yeah. so amazing the people i love to don't see don't beat around the bush answer the question, I don't want to answer the question. No. i'll answer this I, I i think i've said this at some point in time before one time i was at a a women's luncheon and it was there was a speaker and they always have like celebrity speakers and goldie hawn mm-hmm. was the speaker and i only knew goldie hawn as like a comedic actress who was very pretty and i thought wow she's going to speak at this event and i was blown away because I said, mm-hmm. businesswoman, smart, well-spoken. I mean, she had so many other things that I, as young, in my 20s, I think at the time, person at this event, didn't yeah. know anything about that. And I was, I remember in that moment thinking, oh, I want her to play me in my life story someday. Because <laughs> she was yeah. so, you know, I just felt like she could be all these things, fun, funny, smart, talented, sexy, cute, and all of these roles that she played but intelligent, just Mm -hmm. well-respected and like a smart businesswoman. And I just remember being so inspired by her. So there you go. I'm going to say my person. (laughs) What about you? I mean, you inspire me, obviously. Um, If we're talking like, I don't know, bigger people. I don't know. It's like really hard. I'm not like into celebrities too much. I mean... Right now, I'm very into Taylor Swift, and I feel like she's very like cool, and like people roll her your eyes, people roll their eyes when you, you tell them like you're in Taylor Swift. But I just think she's, she's really amazing. smart, and she's really talented, and I just think there is like this level, and I also know, okay, I when I see celebrities and people are like, oh. This person's amazing. It's like that person has just built a spectacular team around them, which also takes incredible skill. Mm -hmm. So I really like Taylor Swift because I think she's really smart. 
like her marketing is genius. Like the way she just does things is really well thought out. Mm -hmm. And that's also, uh, you know, a reflection on like the team she's built around her, which is also a skill. So I think that is just really cool. Like, you know, she drops these Easter eggs and like these hints and like all of her stuff is like this insane fabric that's weaved together. And it's like, it's not just her sitting at her desk with like a crazy person looking at a wall and stringing (laughs) things together. It's like, she's got people like creative people around her. So, and you know what else about her? I mean, she has created community with her fan base. I mean, she has the most loyal fan base you're ever going to find out there, I think. But it's just incredible to watch. I also have enjoyed watching her grow up. When you think about, she started as this you know young kind of countryish singer, right? And then now she's just kind of grown up, and we've watched it in real time, and it's just beautiful to see. It's also. A great to see how she deals with negativity. She's a great example of how to deal with negativity and the things that have mm-hmm. happened in, to her publicly that have been, you know, she could have taken a way different approach. So she's, she, I respect her as well. So that was a good choice. Thank you. <laughs> All right, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening. Yours truly, Helen and Julie. Don't forget to follow us on social media. I am at the mothership with a U, and Julie is at truly Julie without an E on TikTok, and her Instagram will also be posted in the show notes. Don't forget that together we are hellosocialize.com, a platform that teaches content creation, provides tutorials, workshops, classes, and of course the creative forecast, our weekly email that provides trend suggestions, content ideas tutorials and music all the things all the things (laughs) to help make your content creating a lot easier please leave us a review if you've enjoyed the podcast we love reading the reviews and we will feature them in future episodes thank you to our producer grace who's listening in as always we love her our engineers at melrose podcast studios on the east coast and the west coast who do you have with you there as your engineer julie morgan morgan okay morgan's there (laughs) patrick's here right And lastly, make sure to tune in next week. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.